0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zogas.
1: You listen to it and tell me you don't think it sounds like crap.
0: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Putting fake money where their big mouths are.
2: Money talks, then a game that I pick. Believe me, it's a winner. What I know could get you i Matthew Collar, Ben <laughs> Gessling, back here on 1500 Matthew ESPN. And I started. jumped the gun. Oh, the
0: man. Are they pros or Joes? Let's find out. I right, know you can talk.
2: Okay, sorry. I, I didn't know Todd had his own thing. Oh yeah, we got the whole deal. Oh, okay. Well, really, you're you know a big what? fan of the show. Uh Todd Furman joining us now, former odds maker, Bet the Board podcast, bettheboard.net. Sorry Todd, I underappreciated your value on this show. I didn't know you had your own intro.
1: It's all right, guys. And I would say normally when you have, co- you know, uh, guest hosts fill in, you have large shoes to fill. But given how poorly Phil and Judd pick games throughout the course of the season, there's only one way we can go up, and I'm hoping that you guys can carry the torch.
3: We'll see what we can do for you. Beautiful. Well, we
2: got five for you. And uh, first, though, I want to ask you about some NFL breaking news and how it might uh, impact uh, different lines, one of them being uh, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be back, Todd, because every week Ezekiel Elliott is either suspended or not suspended, depending on what court he's in.
1: Yeah, he continues to get a stay of execution as far as uh, the suspension is concerned. And what you've seen this morning is the numbers start to move from the Cowboys a one-point favorite out to two-and-a-half. Would not be shocked if we get to a full field goal by kickoff on Sunday. The over-under has also been on the climb. This is a number that was 52 without Ezekiel Elliott, out to 54. But what's interesting, gentlemen, is yesterday you started to see the first trickling of some Cowboys money coming in. And you always believe that sometimes or oftentimes betters know before everybody else knows. Uh, So that number actually started to move from Kansas City minus one to Dallas minus one. And it's continued to tick up. The total, though, opened 48.5 early in the week and now 54.5. I think you're only going to see more over money knowing how explosive these two offenses can be when fully healthy.
2: Todd, how many non-quarterback players move the line that much? Is is Ezekiel Elliott really special here? He really uh, does move
1: the needle a little bit more than other skill position talents. Generally, when you look at running backs, the Lavian Bells, the Ezekiel Elliott of the world, and Leonard Fournette starting to get into that category, their absences will move the number a point to a point and a half. But because of the way Dallas' offense is built, knowing that their ability to hold on to the football on offense uh, masks some of their deficiencies defensively, some of the professional bettors I speak to regularly make Ezekiel Elliott the most valuable running back, saying he's worth two points to the point spread, uh, especially given some of the other questions you have about the other skill position talent on that offense.
2: Uh, Todd Furman joining us, uh, Matthew Collar and Ben Gessling in for Mackey and Judd today. A Bet the Board podcast, bettheboard.net. Uh, Todd, Deshaun Watson, along with every other quarterback in the league, uh, seems uh, these days is hurt. How does that affect uh, Houston as now they have to turn back to Tom Savage?
1: This is a much bigger move in the grand scheme of things. Not only does it take Houston from being co-favorites alongside the Jags and Titans to win the division, it's worth about a five-and-a-half to six-point adjustment in Houston Texans games going forward. The other thing you have to factor in that I think you know, some of the media members uh, and their casual fan you know, has discounted with Deshaun Watson is now the absence of J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless on the defense become much more pronounced because you have to imagine the Texans are going to be playing lower-scoring football games. They're going to need to get stops at key junctures. And the days of going up to the Pacific Northwest, getting involved in 41-38 type shootouts or 33-30 games against the Patriots, uh, those are a thing of yesteryear. So that's why you're seeing the Houston Texans taking on such a hit. And would not be shocked if the Texans struggle against the Colts on Sunday if you see books take an even more pronounced stance, making a seven or a seven and a half point adjustment from Watson going to Tom Savage.
2: A uh, great quote from Tom Savage. This comes uh, from Aaron Wilson, who either does or used to cover the Texans. I think he, he does. Still does. he still does. Um, uh, Tom Savage said, There are some things that Deshaun Watson can do that I can't. Oh, <laughs> like be a good quarterback would be uh, among the list. I'm really curious about some of the teams around the NFL, Todd, because I feel like there's just so many four and three, three and four. I don't know if they're good. I don't know if they're they're not good. And you mentioned this, that the better seem to know things uh, before we do sometimes. Who who are they buying that's mediocre right now?
1: Well, I was going to say the team that they were selling, and they have been for weeks, would have been the Buffalo Bills. But the cat is out of the bag um, from last night's situation against the Jets. Uh, A team that they're buying that the general public's been a little bit down on is the Atlanta Falcons. We've seen that number go from Carolina, a a one-and-a-half-point favorite, to Atlanta, a a one-and-a-half-point chalk. So a three-point move there, not through key numbers, uh, but Atlanta's a stock that's been uh, priced incorrectly, uh, so to speak. So You've seen money from the professionals come in on them each of the last two weeks. And we look elsewhere, uh, Jacksonville's actually been a team that the general public has been slow to gravitate towards, but professional bettors really believe this defense is for real. And one of the major weaknesses was their ability to stop opposing ground attacks. You go out and get Marcel Darius. We know how talented the secondary is. The real skepticism is there: is how much confidence and faith you have in Blake Bortles' ability to win big games. But as long as they continue to run behind that offensive line and feed Leonard Fournette 20 to 25 times, Jacksonville is a stock that you may still have some wiggle room as well if you're looking to buy.
3: Todd, as open as the NFC is in a lot of teams that people weren't expecting to be at the top of it, certainly at the top of the standings right now, the, the Eagles and the Vikings among them, where... Is the smart money on, uh, on teams to win the NFC and end up here in Minneapolis in February? Uh,
1: Philadelphia did take some money, uh, full disclosure there, guys, before the season to win the division. They were listed as the uh, third favorite behind the Cowboys and Giants right around 3-1. to one. That number got bet down uh, considerably uh, before the season started. So this isn't a total surprise in regard to the Eagles. Uh, the Vikings, there was mixed reviews in terms of what this offense was going to look like. Some professional bettors thinking that Dalvin Cook could be the X-factor obviously with him not being there, we've seen Jarek McKinnon pick up the slack and they've leaned on the defense that we knew was going to be talented coming in. Uh, Seattle's still a team and I know it's not going to be a massive value play that's out there. Them going out and picking up Dwayne Brown really fortifies one of their biggest weaknesses on the offensive line. So professional betters have upgraded their power rating uh, by a point, depending on who you talk to, uh, given the strength of that move. Uh, But the Saints were a team that started 0-2 that professionals thought could be better than what the numbers indicated. They thought the defense could be in the middle of the pack and we knew how explosive the offense could be. New Orleans numbers dropped to win the Super Bowl as low as 75 to 1. Last check I've seen them priced as low as 18 in some specific shops.
2: Yeah, their defense has uh, really turned it around, especially since week one. Uh, Todd Furman joining us from uh, Bet the Board Podcast, former odds maker. Uh, Todd, something we were talking about earlier on the show is uh, NFL ratings and how we see a lot of articles come out about the ratings are down and everybody's got a different explanation for that. How uh, How is this a impacted the betting world Um, because i guess in my mind i would think now the betters are going to keep betting and keep their focus on the nfl because it's one of the the biggest thing that people do around this league but uh, has any of that any of the politics or anything else has it impacted the betting world in any way around the nfl
1: one of the things we talk about all the time on the bet the board podcast is gambling can become the greatest unifying factor so whether you're (laughs) african-american whether you're asian-american you know, Jewish, Muslim, Christian, everybody wants to pick winners, and the money's going to spend the exact same. So when it comes to gambling interest, handle continues to increase. You talk to a lot of sports books, they're on pace to set a record year. So while the politics may impact some of the narrative and you see sponsors uh, not real happy, Papa John's being probably the most notable with the decline in ratings, if the NFL wants to try and keep those numbers high, embrace gambling and great, embrace fantasy, because people want to make money, they could care less what these players are doing off the field.
2: Uh, I noticed that DiGiorno Pizza is now trying to jump in and be the anti-Papa John's. So if you're following that story closely, uh, you can check that out on Twitter. Uh, Todd, let's pick some of these games, because Ben and I are great at picking games. Unlike Phil and uh, Judd, I think last year I picked uh, on the Purple Podcast seven straight Vikings games wrong. So I'm not particularly good at this. Uh, but let's start out, Dodd, with uh, Arizona and San Francisco. Um, ratings are down because these quarterbacks are playing. I assume Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be ready to play yet, right? So uh, I don't even know who's – is it their their backup? Uh, nothing
1: nothing like a game between Drew Stanton and C.J. Beathard. Yes, yes. Beathard. That's who starts.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, this is this is why there is gambling in the NFL, because there is no other way to be interested in this game. Uh, I guess I'll take Arizona. <laughs> I mean, right? I, this yeah. this one, who, who knows? And I, I struggle to care on this one. How do you approach that when there's such a brutal, ugly, terrible game, Todd?
1: This is a game that probably won't do a whole heck of a lot of sports betting handle. You look at the late afternoon games, uh, this amongst the trio and probably the least attractive. Number did open one, has trended towards two and a half. Uh, Anyone who watched D.J. Beathard against Philadelphia, you know exactly why the 49ers went out there and acquired Jimmy Garoppolo to be their quarterback of of the future. As this number gets towards three, you will see a little bit of an appetite from professional betters, not because they truly believe in San Francisco, but because they don't feel uh, that a team led by Drew Stanton going on the road should be a field goal favorite over anybody. You give Arizona a slight uptick as far as defensive efficiency is concerned, but if the Niners can get Carlos Hyde on track, uh, you'd be talking about the 49ers being a live underdog. Maybe even have a chance to flirt with their first victory this season.
3: What do you think, Ben, on that one? I guess I got Arizona on that one. I I, I think when you got two quarterbacks out, you kind of that that's obviously a wash. And I think San Francisco probably has more issues than Arizona does. So I would stick with Arizona, even though it's on the road.
2: Uh, I won't ever bet against Adrian Peterson, obviously. Um uh, let's move on to a much better football game. Um, Philadelphia and Denver. when the line is uh, minus seven and a half, Todd, uh, I don't I'm not a very good gambler or better of games or anything, but when you see a line that big,
1: you usually go toward the underdog, am I wrong? Uh, yeah, especially in the case where you have the arguably the league's best defense in the Denver Broncos catching all those points, and that's exactly what you've seen here. Uh, the general public wants to continue to bet philadelphia and who can blame them given how good the eagles have been against the number obliterating price tags especially against inferior offenses but professionals have tried to gobble up to seven and a half taking the number towards seven i'm not sure that price will stick i think we could be talking about it getting back through that key number uh, as we get closer to kickoff the real question can brock osweather at least give this denver offense a bit of an identity a pulse you'd have to imagine they're going to run the football to protect their offensive line. And as long as they don't turn it over, seven points extremely valuable because you can make the case, and I know this is going to sound preposterous to a lot of folks in a leap of faith, that if Denver protected the football and just settled for punts, (laughs) <laughs> uh, instead of creating short fields for Kansas City, they would have had a chance to win that football game on mm-hmm. Monday night. And we know how good Philadelphia is with interchangeable pieces on the defensive line. They're going to make life difficult for Brock if he's got to drop back and throw thirty to thirty-five times.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm. Uh, I guess I'm taking Denver there. I, I feel like that. That's a lot of points for Philadelphia, and, and it, it tends to be as we see with the Vikings, where you have a, a good defense. It tends to keep games lower scoring, which means that they're inherently going to be closer because people are going to at least score a couple of times. So also, I'll take Denver with the points there.
2: Sorry. I also feel like uh, uh, Carson Wentz will have a bad game at some yeah. point, And yeah. it would make sense that it's against that great defense. Um, if Washington had their full offensive line, I would say uh, I would go with Washington here at minus seven, but uh, Seattle, gets a left tackle and they have a, still a good defense even though they got lit up last week Todd. Um, I, I think Seattle is the team here as Washington might start to uh, fade a little bit. Seattle is one of the teams that I'm looking at that could be one of the best in the NFC.
1: Yeah, number right probably where it should be with Seattle seven point favorite in the NFL. Um, you know, this is going to be an oversimplification of things. If you pick the team that wins the game more often than not, it can get you to the window with a successful ticket. Of course, that wouldn't have been the case with Seattle, who closed a six-point favorite last weekend, only won by a field goal. But you mentioned some of the offensive line issues, and that's not exactly a recipe for success. When you're flying across the country to one of the more electric environments where it's going to be loud, it's going to be noisy. And Coach Jay Gruden earlier this week saying he wasn't sure he was going to have 46 healthy bodies to try and travel with. So at seven, the only way for me to look would be delaying the points with Seattle. I think they'll show enough balance offensively. Don't really love the Redskins' ability to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, And I think Seattle's defensive line should be able to feast against second and third stringers that are going to do their best to prevent Kirk Cousins from being in a body bag. I think we know all what it
2: looks like too well when T.J. Clemmings has to play at uh, left tackle. Last one for you. Oh, sorry, Ben. I apologize. T.J. Clemmings,
3: CenturyLink Field. Seattle, not good. Not good. I'm taking the. I'm taking the Seahawks.
2: Uh, Detroit and Green Bay. What have you seen, Todd? From uh, how fe- people feel about the Brett Hundley era in Green Bay? Uh, for me, I, I would go Detroit uh, here in this game because I'm just going to keep thinking that Brett Hundley has to do something to show me he can win before I would bet on him.
1: Well, professional betters were on the Brent Huntley bandwagon. They thought the market had overcorrected itself in his debut start with Aaron Rodgers being on the shelf. Of course, they were let down with the second-half performance uh, of Huntley in that Packers offense with New Orleans ultimately getting to the window. Fast forward now, two weeks later, you've had some uh, additional time for Huntley to learn the offense and or Mike McCarthy to wrinkle. Uh, and throw some curveballs at a Detroit team that was pretty unfortunate to come away with a 2015 loss on Sunday Night Football. They're 482 yards, the third most in NFL history without scoring a touchdown, and they're going to have to find ways to get into the end zone at Lambeau Field. I think Green Bay realizes the chance to win games without Aaron Rodgers are going to be few and far between. But this is one that they have to have circled. We know that Detroit has historically struggled there. And while there's a massive edge in quarterback play to the Lions, uh, I think Green Bay will have a few wrinkles. There's a reason this number hasn't been able to get to three because you'd have nothing but professional support there uh, on the Packers. Uh, But the public, they will be back in Green Bay and have through the early wagering about 65% of the
3: tickets coming in on the Lions. Boy, this is, I mean, yeah, because the Lions, I think, have won once at Lambeau Field since 1991.
1: Yeah, it's been a while, and uh, the one thing, if we look at Green Bay's quarterbacking situation, uh, I still think Brett Honey might be a step up over Dan Jucowski and a few other quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you I know. think the one time the, the Lions won again. there was uh, was the last time maybe Aaron Rodgers was hurt. But mm. uh, yeah, um, Craig Knoll yeah, used to be the backup. Yeah, yeah Matt Flynn, you know Scott Tolsey, and they've had a few lesser lights. But you know, I I would typically take the Packers here, but I I just I think. Detroit is in a better situation. I just I mean, Brett Huntley is gonna be better than, than some of those other guys they've had, but uh with with the money only being two and a half points, I, I think the I guess I think the Lions win. I think they win by a field goal and they cover that. How do we do, Todd?
1: Uh we'll find out Sunday. Trust me, if I do those results, guys, before they played the game, no offense to the folks in the Twin Cities, but I'd be sitting on the beach somewhere with a nice frosty beverage in hand with a small umbrella. That's what makes gambling great. Oftentimes, the best laid plans don't come to fruition.
2: Uh, Bet the Board podcast, bettheboard.net. Todd Furman. Great stuff, Todd. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure,
1: guys. Enjoy the games. Thanks, Todd.
2: Todd Furman, make sure you check that out. If you are uh, good at betting games, some people are much better than others. As funny as it is, uh, you and I both cover the league and cover the Vikings closely, but I just have never in my life been good at fantasy or picking games.
3: I have had a, I've had years where I think I like 2015 I think it was like 13 and three picking Vikings games, but last year it was all over the place, and I think this year I'm I'm I don't know around 500. There, there are weeks now, especially too, where when the prediction is published on Sunday in the Star Tribune that you realize like if I don't have a great reason for picking against the Vikings, I might just pick them to win just to spare myself the like. The couple of weeks ago, when I got heckled in the locker room from the security guards, "Are you picking to lose this game?" and they won. It's like, okay, guy, I. I- I didn't see your prediction. All the people that that get mad about that stuff, like send me your predictions before the game and then we'll compare.
2: Yeah. Last year, I think when they lost all the games in a row, they, they had a win against Arizona mixed in. And I had, I had said, Oh, they'll win this game. They'll beat the Eagles. They'll beat the bears. They'll beat the, whoever they, you know, and then I said, fine, fine. they're going to lose to Arizona and then they beat Arizona. Right. So, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, not an easy thing to do, but uh, that's why we call Todd. Matthew Coller, and Ben Gessling in for Mackie and Judd today in honor of Sports Illustrated's greatest sports prediction ever. <laughs> uh, ben and I have three predictions or so for three years out from now in sports and we will go over those. Level when... of
3: accuracy probably not likely to be as good as what Sports Illustrated is.
2: Probably did. not. And also Dave will participate. Appreciate you, Dave. Matt and uh, Ben in for Mackie Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. They're ready to go. It's a relief. It's like, okay, let's go. On 1500
0: ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Jeff. Well, if
2: you're writing these down, you're going to have to keep that piece of paper for a long time. Maybe email it to yourself after you hear our predictions. Matthew Collar and uh, Ben Gessling, along with Dave Harrigan, producing. And uh, normally, write that down is for uh, what's going to happen in the near future. But to honor Sports Illustrated's greatest prediction ever. They predicted in 2014 that the Houston Astros would win. Was it 2014? Right? Yes, it that, was. Yeah. That they would win the 2017 World Series, and here we are with the Astros as
3: our champions. I remember seeing that cover thinking like, because I think it was in like May or something, when there's not a lot going on, and, and you're sort of thinking like, this is just them trying to put something juicy on the cover to get people to, to buy it on the newsstands. But whether that was the motivation or not, I mean... <laughs> give them credit. Hey, they nailed it.
2: Uh I mean, I think that what it really points to is if a team is tanking on purpose. Yeah. Just predict that they'll be good eventually and you've got a good chance to be right.
3: Right, and if they're not, nobody will remember.
2: Well, that's part that's one of mine, but uh um I don't know. Do you want to just go around the room here with our write that down predictions, Dave? How do you want to do yeah,
0: this? Yeah, why don't uh, why don't you start us, Matt? And go Matt, Ben, and I can uh, add, add a few as well.
2: Okay, so the Cleveland Browns right now are the butt of every joke. They yep. botched a trade for AJ McCarron, which will probably <laughs> not So here's my well, here's my prediction. So they're being laughed at all over.
3: AJ McCarron's in the Hall of Fame or not in the Hall of Fame in 3 years, but No on his way
2: i'm going the opposite way with this i think that we will all look back and go ha remember when they accidentally almost traded for a.j mccarron and then botched it and thank goodness they didn't do that because they drafted a superstar quarterback number one who changed their franchise and now in 2020 the browns are in the playoffs and one of the top contenders in the nfl
3: you're going with the uh NFL version of the Houston Astros. Correct. In 2014. I am saying
2: my write that down. First one is that the Cleveland Browns by 2020 will be a very relevant NFL franchise and competitive as well behind their franchise quarterback, uh, Lamar Jackson, or whoever is number one. Write that
3: down. I am uh, going from the plucky underdog to the evil empire, which is going to be on the rise again once. The New York Yankees, in a year, signed Bryce Harper to play next to Aaron Judge. (laughs) (laughs) They will have the money. Their their roster is young and homegrown, which means none of those guys are into their big contracts yet. Harper has talked forever about his love for the Yankees and the way they do things. And with all of the managerial shifts in Washington, all of the inability to win in the first round of the playoffs, as competitive a guy as Harper is, he's going to look at the possibility of playing next to Aaron Judge. He's going to look at the possibility of playing in that ballpark With that short porch in right field, and he's going to look at all that cash, Mm -hmm. the Yankees are going to throw his way, and he will be in the pinstripes a year from now.
1: Write this down.
3: I have one very similar to
0: that, Ben. I was going to say, with those New York Yankees, by the year 2020, they will once again be atop the baseball world as World Series champs. Not only that, we'll go back to the uh, early 2000s of uh, Twins versus Yankees and how things went. <laughs> they will not only be World Series champs, the Yankees, but they will knock the Twins out of the playoffs—an oh. actual series, not just a wild card game—at least once. So they that had means to the Twins there. win the division at least once. Yes, or they could win a wild card game and move on. Yeah, to face I suppose they could do that too. But- Yes, it, uh, it's going to be just a repeat of everything it was in the Guardian years. Yeah, I mean, basically,
2: what you just did was you took uh, part of your arm with hair on it and put a band aid on it for no reason and then ripped it off. You yes. didn't have to go with that part of it. Well, you but made the, me do were... three years. It only made sense. Yeah, that's true. All right. Thank you. Write well, that down. For anybody who used to be a uh, Conan O'Brien fan, the. In the year 2000 bit. In the year year 2000. I want to do that before we do every (laughs) prediction. In the year 2020, they will pay college players. I think maybe not uh, they're getting what they're due But I think something will happen to tip us over the edge where if your jersey, say, sells all this merchandise or whatever, number two for Alabama, then number two, whoever wears that, will be getting a chunk of that change. That in some way, shape, or form, by 2020, we're giving college student athletes some cash.
3: I am on board with this if it means one thing the return of NCAA football for your video game system. Yes. Game breaker. Yes. If, if we can get that game back, like, I, I had no problem with that O'Bannon growing up. I mean, that, was, that team was entertaining to watch, but I loathe that O'Bannon now because he is the reason that game no longer exists, and I want that game to come back. Mm-hmm.
0: Write it down. You like writing things down.
3: Alright, so my next one, the, by the end of 2020, the NFL CBA will be on the verge of expiring, so this probably won't be fully realized at this point, but I, I believe, based on we talked about it with Hubris before, but also I think they will need another uh, city to use as a threat. I think the NFL will be moving very close to having a team in London. I think they mm. are. I I think this is a terrible idea. I don't think it works. I think the logistics of it are a nightmare. But I also think they are fixated enough on this idea. They are fixated enough on the idea of growing that market and they're going to need to do it because they're going to have enough trouble here i think they are going to be very close to putting a team in london pending some kind of new cba or that i'm sure will be a hot topic in a new cba but i think they are going to move very strongly in that direction by 2020
2: did it not seem to you like everybody was prepped on the question yeah. When they were asked about yeah. it. Everything, I didn't, you you went, I didn't go. Everson but,
3: Griffin spoke his mind, but everybody else.
2: Et, and Everson is going to Everson. When yes. you got 10 sacks, yes. you can say what you want. Yep. But everybody else seemed like, yes, uh, I do believe it would work. The fans are great. Yeah, right. Everybody had the same exact thing to say. And when that happens, then someone has told them what to say. Yeah. Write
0: that down. I'm going to go positive now since uh, being negative on the Twins. By the year 2020, I'm sold on this Timberwolves squad. They will represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals. Oh, boy.
3: That's a lot of years of Timberwolves being
0: able to Timberwolves things that you're betting against. It's also a lot of years that we could forget I made this prediction, so I really have (laughs) everything going for
2: me here. I uh, went in the same direction with my next one. Let's do it, then. Write Uh, this down. Not the Timberwolves but the Milwaukee
3: Bucks. Ooh, Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: The Greek Greek freak will be considered in three years our this generation's LeBron James.
3: such a fun name to say. Antetokounmpo.
2: It it will echo from the rafters in Milwaukee and around the NBA. Giannis Antetokounmpo will be our LeBron James, but harder to say. It will be harder
3: (laughs) to say, and it will also be in a time zone where you can still watch games because LeBron James will not be playing in one by that oh. point. My last prediction Ooh. is that LeBron James Ooh. once again switches teams. He is going to head to Los Angeles uh to play with with the ball kid. Is it Lonzo or Lavar? LeVar, um, LeVar La- the dad, is the dad, right? dad. and yeah, Lonzo
2: isn't playing very well so right.
3: far. But he's going to go out there. The money will be there. There'll be a couple other free agents that go He's gonna say, I won my title in Cleveland. I I my conscience is clear. He's gonna sign, he's gonna go, I believe it'll be next summer. Go with sign with the Lakers. And
2: I would add on to that that at that point he is no longer able to carry a team to a Correct. championship. So it will just be sad. Yeah, it'll it, be like when Carl Malone went there.
3: If you will you will basically be resigning yourself to the idea that you're not Jordan because you couldn't just stick with one team and win six titles. Did the, Write uh, this
2: down. Do the Vikings have a uh, Super Bowl appearance by then, by 2020? Who's no. the quarterback of the Vikings in 2020? <laughs> Who's the quarterback Boy. in
0: 2018? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I say no, they don't. My final write that down, uh, just for clarity's sake, Ben Gessling, you are three of four now as far as uh, Mr. Mankato predictions, correct? correct? Yes. Um, as we leave Mankato. By the year 2020, even though Mr. Mankato will now sort of become Mr. Egan, but we'll still call it Mr. A better Mankato. Name. I still think. Oh, I just... think it should stay as Mr. Yeah, Mankato. But I but think I, we
3: keep it. I thought some, somebody gave me a decent suggestion involving Egan, but I i mean, it wasn't no, Egan. No, but the there Earl was Earl like, of Egan? Well, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. I don't like still it. still think the Adam Thielen Award is a good one. And if we want to add Presented by Ben Gessling, I, you know, I'm open to discuss that.
0: Well, maybe you could do that now, but by 2020 you won't be able to because you will be three out of seven oh, by 2020. Wow. You will go winless the next three years so, as well. Let, and I will overtake you as the most heralded Mr. Mankato
3: predictor. But let me get this straight. You used your last prediction... To predict my demise in <laughs> Mr. Mankato, you are that worried about what I do in Mr. Mankato, and you guys accuse me of bringing this up too much. You guys, it's I'm in the, I'm in your head that much that I'm, you use the last one to predict my demise. I
0: wouldn't say you're in my head. Further you're demise, certainly in Phil's
3: head and in Judd's head, but and uh, Andrew Kramer's. Oh God, yes. I mean Andrew Kramer's. Like I'm in his head. I'm in. Like one of his arm, I Whoa. don't know. Like his entire being is no. You're walking around occupied. his kitchen making breakfast, oh, yeah. frying eggs. Yeah, he's a you know shallow, small little man. Yep. But I'm
0: right with you. He as picked far as Sean Ms.
3: Prater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Matthew, did you have something?
2: Uh, I think the guy that Judd picked. Uh, what is he? He's not around either anymore, right? So none of our Mr. Mankato picks are.
3: it was not a good year for Mr. Mankato. Well, two
0: years ago, Judd picked the quarterback who put his foot through a plate
3: glass window, right? Mm, Yep. yep. Yeah. Maybe none of us are good at this. Judd has had some tough years.
2: (laughs) Uh, Matthew Collar, Ben Gessling, in for Mackie and Judd. uh, Dave Harrigan. I won three out of four. Yeah, yeah. Luck, I mean. I'm
3: like Ben Hogan. I won three out of four. Basically (laughs) like
2: uh, Babip in baseball. You had a couple ground balls roll through the infield, but that's about it. Um, Back to the Teddy Bridgewater conversation, when we come back, uh, I don't want to ask if he's going to be the quarterback in 2020, but I do want to ask if he's going to be the quarterback on Thanksgiving Day. And also, we had some really good conversation earlier with phone calls about where you stand on Teddy. If you believe that he's the answer to making this team the best in the NFC, because they have the offensive line, they have the defense or are you skeptical about him? Let's just say that he returns to his old self. Would you still be skeptical? Uh, 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255 to chime in. Had some really good calls on this earlier. And also, my I, I've got a tweet from Ian Rappaport about the Texans quarterback situation that is going to make my head explode off of my neck. I will tell you that when we come back. Hmm
0: and Judd are back.
2: Are you ready to kick it up?
0: On 1500
2: Woo! Woo! ESPN. Dollar and Gessling in for Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad today and they are off preparing themselves for Cardinals 49ers this weekend, I think was what Judd said. Is he needed a couple of days to get ready for something that big. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's so really Interesting football. use of your time off. Um Judd sent me, I don't know, five emails about the Minnesota Wild last night. Like, alright,
3: Also an interesting I, use of your time I, off. I,
2: I, I get it. Um, Ian Rappaport tweeted this. The Texans are adding to their quarterback room. Oh. Oh boy. One source said they are signing TJ Yates. So Matt McGloin and TJ Yates now join Tom Savage as the quarterbacks for the 3-4 and four Houston Texans who have a pretty decent team and could make the playoffs if they only had a decent quarterback, but now they don't if only there were a free agent quarterback out there who, say, had taken a decent defense and running game and good roster to the Super Bowl, say. If there were only a Within free agent Within a play of winning that Super
3: Bowl, if I recall.
2: Yeah, the uh, Colin Kaepernick thing... For a long time, people tried to justify it by saying, I mean, come on, guys. He's like not that good. Like, no, okay, right. He's not Tom Brady. But if you're going to tell me that TJ Yates deserves a job over him, I mean, not only, not to mention that the Texans' entire team basically kneeled last weekend. I mean, the people who are angry about it, I think you've all got it by now, right? When the owner of a team compares them to inmates. Yeah. I think you've. Maybe even if you were against it before, I think you've probably got it by now. Uh, Why will no one sign Colin Kaepernick?
3: Well, I I think there's two different questions here. Why no one will sign Colin Kaepernick is not the same as why won't a team in Texas whose owner just said what he said Mm -hmm. won't sign Colin Kaepernick. I I don't think that that is going to be the team that sticks its neck out there and says, oh, yeah, we're going to run the risk of however many of our fans think that this is, the kneeling thing is is bad, we're going to run the risk of alienating them further and we're going to run the risk of, not the risk, because it would happen, we are going to invite more headlines and topics about what our owner said in light of all of the Kaepernick stuff. I, I don't think that they're going to go out and do that and at that point, yes, it, it's not a football question anymore. I, I don't think that this is about football. I think this is we've reached a point certainly where The reason Colin Kaepernick is not in the league is not because he's not good enough to be in the league. That wasn't probably true a long time ago, and it's certainly not true now. Mm -hmm. But I think that situation and that team, if you're going to pick a landing spot for him, even though they need a quarterback, I don't think that that's going to be the team that sticks his neck out and says, yeah, we're going to go do it.
2: If you're a Houston Texans fan, though, uh, and you go 3-12, 14, 13, mm-hmm. because Deshaun Watson got hurt. You don't have JJ Watt. The defense is decent, but it's not going to completely bail you out like maybe it could have in the past. And you go 3 and 13 with TJ Yates, Tom Savage, and Matt McGloin all getting wonderful reps. Are, I mean, are you so committed as a Texans fan to disliking Colin Kaepernick? I mean, the people who are on that side of things. Are you so committed to disliking him? that you would prefer to go 3 and 13 or whatever 5 and 11 as opposed to maybe 10 and 6 do you would are you so against him that you would say no i don't want my team to have a chance to win
3: the people that are that against him yes i think they would say that but, i i think that this is where we are now everybody picks a side and they stay on it even even in in the light of whatever facts come against it or whatever repercussions come with it. I, I think we have reached this point in our discourse, especially with this issue, which has become such a, a political football, pardon the pun in the last few weeks or the last few months, year, whatever it's been. Uh, certainly in the last few weeks, since the president started talking about it, I think we've reached a point where a lot of the people say, yeah, I would rather lose games than, than have him out there. That doesn't mean that it's logical. It doesn't mean that there isn't, A a good argument to be made for, no, you're wrong, but I think we've reached this point. This is where we are now where people would say, or at least if they think the way you're thinking, they're at least not going to tell you that publicly. They're not going to admit that to you.
2: I think the people that are so far on that side may have already burned their jerseys on
3: Facebook. Right after they took the knee last Sunday. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or whenever players were taking a knee at any point that those people bailed already on the NFL, though, there isn't much evidence to say that tons of people are actually bailing on the NFL. There's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of people looking for social media posts to be shared around because they're burning their old jerseys. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think those people are actually sticking to what they've said. I mean, the ratings are down, but with finger quotes, only a little. Yeah, And often on bad matchups, good matchups, everyone is turning out anyway. Um, and it really amazes me, the hypocrisy of that angle, um, because... I mean, you could look at Brian Cushing plays for that team, who's been suspended for steroids many times. And, you know, there's players on many teams who have committed domestic violence. Ezekiel Elliott, for example. I mean, the Cowboys have taken such measures to try and force their players to stand for the anthem, and yet they're fighting like crazy to keep Ezekiel Elliott on the field. And my thing is, what Todd Furman was talking about, how people do not turn away from betting on the NFL – I don't think they turn away from it anyway. And I, I think this is more about the owners standing united against Kaepernick, standing united against the players, basically, here in general. And many teams. But they teams all linked are, arms
3: with them after yeah, that week yeah, three sure. game.
2: All right. And put out nice, cute little statements. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think now you have a half dozen teams if not more, who are biting off their nose to spite their face, who are missing a chance to be a real
3: contender the Green Bay because Packers. they hate this guy. Yeah, the, the team from Colin Kaepernick's home state certainly would be one of those teams. And, yes. and even that this week, Mike McCarthy, of course, bites the reporter's head off for asking a question specifically about Kaepernick when in the first question he'd been asked in that press conference about quarterbacks, he'd given some kind of a general answer, and anybody who deals with reporters knows that we don't get a specific answer, we're going to look for a specific thing on this topic. Mm-hmm. He had not been asked specifically about Colin Kaepernick. He he gets asked about it. He bites the reporter's head off. There was a report this week that they tried to sign Brian Hoyer. So if you were trying to say, oh, I've got all this time invested in Brett Hundley and Joe Callahan, like what Mike McCarthy said, that falls flat, doesn't it? If, if Brian Hoyer is involved in this mix. I, I think there are, are teams that are saying... We don't want to bring Kaepernick in because of not just the football side of things, and that certainly is going to continue. But uh, I, I think a lot of those situations, people have, fans at least have, have put their stake in the ground on one side of this or another, and it's probably not going to move.
2: I think it's a better reason to dislike your team if they sacrifice the blatant chance to make the playoffs and be good, despite someone. A good player, a good player. It's not over anything the guy did off the field. He didn't hurt anyone. In fact, he's given a lot of money away. I think he gave away a million dollars over this offseason to different causes and things like that. So this isn't someone that you're – it's not like bringing in Greg Hardy or something, like uh, where I think fans would be really split on something like this. If I'm a Colts fan, if I'm a Texans fan, if I'm a Packers fan, don't I – well, Packers don't have an owner. But if you're a team with an owner – wouldn't you be more apt to not want to go to games, to not want to care about this team when they have blatantly told you, we don't really care as much about winning as we do making this statement to the players?
3: You would think, I, I just, I feel like a lot of this, we've gotten to a point where at least as much as you're going to get people to admit it, you know, what's going on in people's heads and what's in their conscience, you can't ever really know. But what people are going to tell you is, nope, I, I'm i I'm fine with it. They, they weren't going to win without quarterback X, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, anyway, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. So I'd rather they just stick to their principles. I I think you'd hear a lot of that from people that you ask.
2: And I think a lot of them, too, the uh, owners, they just believe that people will come back no matter what. And uh, they're probably right. Stay out of the
3: way, don't create any controversy, and we'll keep making money.
2: Yeah, yeah. Matthew Collar and Ben Gessling in for Mackey. And Judd, back to the uh, Teddy Bridgewater conversation. I've got a date that I have circled on the calendar for Bridgewater to come back. We'll see what Ben thinks of that uh, when we get back. Phil Mackey.
0: Hey, I love your hair. Don't ever touch it.
2: Judd Zolgad. I see you're drinking 1%. Is that because you
0: think you're fat? Because you're not. You could be drinking whole if you wanted to. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Would you like to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV? All you have to do is join Rookie at Lono Grill and Egan tomorrow from 3 to 5 for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Enjoy an ice cold one, and you can register to win that brand-new TV. Put game day over everything this college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500 ESPN.com.
2: The uh, Roku TV in this studio working pretty well this morning, and I imagine one guy we will see his face on said Roku TV is Adam Schefter soon to come out with this news that he just tweeted, Ben. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, Patriots owner Robert Kraft, and Texans owner Bob McNair, amongst others, will be deposed and asked to turn in all cell phone records Man. and emails in relation to the Colin Kaepernick collusion case against the NFL. That is a major bombshell. Yes, there.
3: that is quite the development in this whole thing. I mean, that if that turns into, uh, I mean, if anything is uncovered there, that's, I mean, it's it's so interesting to me with with. The whole Kaepernick thing, no matter what side of it you're on. I mean, this guy that was, you know, is, he came into the league as, as his, you know, face of the read option, then kind of disappeared. He is going to go down, even if he never plays another down, as one of the most significant sports stories in the first half of this century. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be, you know, 30 for 30s 30 done on this guy 30 years from now, you know, especially if this plays out into something that the NFL. Gets, you know, kind of becomes a, too politicized, where it's on one side or the other, and, the, and it gets disintegrated. That the fan base gets disintegrated, or even just the the fact that this has become as big of an issue as it has in, in sports has a, you know, you have athletes that are speaking out on issues again. It, it's going to, he's going to go down. His significance is going to be much higher than it was ever going to be if if he had been uh, just a, another quarterback.
2: And uh, the NFL could have avoided all of this, yeah. by... Signing him to about 12 teams that needed a quarterback. Well, on to the Teddy Bridgewater conversation. Let's go to uh, Joe here on the phones. What's up, Joe?
1: Yeah, I think the media's making more of this than they should. If the Vikings have any brains at all, they'll never be able to put all their eggs in Teddy's basket. What he did to his leg, he's going to be more susceptible to re-injury than most people are susceptible to a regular injury. And if they put all their eggs in the basket... And he gets hurt, we're going to
2: be right back where we started again. Well, it's a, it's an interesting point, Joe, that you bring up—the short and long term of Teddy Bridgewater—and we'll get uh, more into it next hour. I I'll tell you the date that I have circled real quick, uh, which is Thanksgiving, and then I'll let you next segment because we got to run here real quick.
3: Well, Teddy and Turkey.
2: Tell me what you think of that, um, but. The long term on this is going to be really interesting whether to sign him to a contract extension to make him the franchise quarterback because what they've seen happen with Sam Bradford is a cautionary tale. Because I mean, I, I agree with you, Joe. Just because he's able to get back on the field doesn't mean that long term there won't be issues. But for now, though, for this year, I think if you've got a chance to put a better quarterback in, then you've got to do it.
3: Yeah, I think in the end, I mean, we've talked about the reasons for you know when you do it, but I, I do think in the end he's going to play at some point. And I, I, It should be remembered that this ownership group built this stadium with the idea of we are going to be able to compete right when it opens. That was 100% a focus of theirs both last year and this year when last year was the first year of the stadium and this year with the Super Bowl, obviously. They would love to be the first team – to play a Super Bowl in its home stadium. I mean, everybody wants to make it to a Super Bowl, but this one specifically is very much in the minds of everybody in that organization. And I think if they feel like the ceiling is higher with Teddy, that will ultimately drive them to put him on the field whenever that happens. But, uh, you know, I I think that is going to be a big focus of this.
2: Thanksgiving Day for his return. What do we think about that as a potential date? Matthew Collar, Ben Gessling, taking your calls. We'll be back in for Mackey and Judd.